think back to when we met in 2013, and you may remember we were standing in line to check our coats and just started chatting, and I was so excited because it was the opportunity to see President Obama, who was one of my heroes at the time, and we started chatting, and then um, fast forward five minutes later, and you were sitting on stage next to President Obama um, giving remarks, and with all due respect to my favorite fellow half-breed, um, your remarks were um, powerful and thought-provoking. And I thought, hey, I thought this was only one hero on the stage, but it turns out maybe I have two heroes on stage today. Well, what happened a year later? <laughs> what happened a year later? I don't know. You tell me what happened a year later. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Fair enough. A year later, I had the opportunity to share the stage with President Obama as well. What it was like was when he walked in in the middle of my speech and I felt like saying, Come on, President Obama, you missed the best part. <laughs> it was such an honor to be able to share the stage with someone who I feel like is a true change maker. And of course, I was completely intimidated <laughs> and uh, really wanted to have that moment where he would see something that I was saying and think, aha. Did uh, you talk to him? I did. I even got a family photo. Say? I thanked him. I thanked him for... Um, his leadership and for the fact that he recognized how important the voices of citizens and civil society were. And when I asked him for a family photo, which is a piece of advice that you gave me, he turned to me and he said, well, who's your family? And I said, civil society. <laughs> and he just left. That is a moment that will definitely go down in history for me. <laughs> When I first moved to Washington State, my mom made us walk to the school the two weeks in advance every day so that we got used to how it felt and that we would be prepared that first day to feel like we could walk in like we own the place and own the school. But I do remember that same feeling walking in your sixth grader, you're walking into a big middle school, everyone seems to know each other. How did you portray yourself? I think at that time, what I was really feeling or looking for was not to fit in, not to uh, stand out. I really wanted to just be able to be a little bit of a wallflower, kind of blending in. And my ambition was not to make waves, not to uh, disrupt what was the community or what was the, the dynamic. Now I feel like I want to be the one who is entering into a dynamic and changing that dynamic, influencing that dynamic, making an impact. Why the change? When I was a kid, I used to always say, it's not fair, in this exactly that tone. <laughs> and I truly felt like there were so there was so much inequity in the world. And as a kid, of course, it manifested in very small ways, um, you know, like someone at school would have the the prepaid school lunch and someone else would have had a fancy lunch that you know their their wealthy parents had put together so i had this idea that there were systems that were broken in the world when i was going into college it was the idea of this book, which you may be aware of, The Power of One. That is what I wrote my college essay on, of course. And I, I believed that it was possible for a single individual to actually disrupt significant power. Do you still believe it? 
Yes. My dad always says that I'm too idealistic. And my argument to him is I'd rather continue to be idealistic and optimistic about the world than cynical or give up hope. I think now I probably have a more prudent optimism, let's call it that, a recognition that things aren't going to change overnight, but also a belief that if I am not spending my time trying to make that difference, then I'm not making good use of my time. Now I work for an international nonprofit called the Natural Resource Governance Institute, and it is focused on trying to make sure that the citizens in countries that have oil, gas, and mining resources are able to actually reap the benefits of that wealth instead of being subject to corruption or conflict or all of the other potential negatives that oil, gas, and mining resources can give rise to. So it, again, it's about the citizen impact, the human impact that these industries can have for good and also um, for, for ill. I have two daughters. One's 18 and mm -hmm. one's 20. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to my daughters <laughs> and to her, their generation? As trite as it might sound, I would say expect the unexpected. Too often when we're younger, we think we have all the answers and that we're going to map, we can map out our course when we are 18 or 20. And the greatest experiences and the greatest opportunities that I have had have been those that were completely unexpected. Doesn't mean not following your heart and going after what you believe is right, but just being prepared for the fact that you will change and grow and that that's the best part of growing up.